Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, today I want to talk about the turning point. Yes, the turning point. It's that point in your life when you realize that your life isn't fulfilling. When you realized you're living a life of quiet desperation. When I think this through and I think of the 50,000 plus clients we've had and the thousands that I've personally dealt with, I realize that there are a multitude of different positions in life that can end up feeling pretty much the same way. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I've met people that have very little money. And they feel like they're living a life of quiet desperation because they are just getting up every day and going to work and doing the treadmill. And uh, whatever that job is, whether it's a labor job or uh, you know, a clerk somewhere or a register, runs a register at a grocery store, whatever it is, they get up every day and they do this job. And they're living in a relationship maybe that's not that fulfilling. You know, you find somebody that was willing to live at your same standard and quality of life. And so you have two people living in quiet desperation. I found people that had a lot of money that were working and working and working and working and working hard. Many times these people are in one or two positions. Either they own their own companies, and this is a hundred hour a week job because they own their everything. You know, they're, they wear every hat that they can to try to keep payroll down. They're working hard because this is their dream. And what becomes quiet desperation about it all is if they really have nothing else. They don't have any friends. They don't have any religion. They don't have that much time spent with their spouse or their children. Family time is limited because they've dedicated. And they look at it in this manner. This is my important aspect of life. The creation of this company, the creation of this product, this creation of whatever it is that you're developing is meaningful to the world. Hopefully, it gives meaning to you. But one day you wake up and go, gosh, there is nothing left, and I need to transition. You know, I've read a book many years ago that had something, I don't remember the name of the book, I'd give it credit, but it talked about the seasons of your life. And I'm in probably the next to last season of my life, if not the last season of my life. I've gone through the ones where I went through school, I went through the ones where I've worked at jobs, different labor jobs, and then worked at a health club and really developed my my career as a health club executive, if you can call being a health club executive, actually an executive. I went through that, and then I became an entrepreneur. I became a real estate investor, and then after I became a real estate investor, then I started consulting, and I became a consultant. And then I expanded my consulting company where I'm no longer a consultant in it, but there's massive consultants all over the country. I own real estate companies uh, where we, you know, we sell real estate to people. I own software companies uh, that you know provide products for people, all kinds of things. And I sort of, in the last five years, have stepped away from that and let other people run it. I still own it, but I, they run it. 
So it's kind of a different season. It's not like I was in there when I was building all those companies. I was working hard, long hours on those companies, thinking that that was really important. Helping all these other people through my companies was very important. But then one day you wake up and go, but even that isn't enough. And that's what I'm talking about today, that, gosh, it just isn't enough feeling. And what to do when you finally feel it. I remember feeling when I was working 12 hours a day, six days a week at Bally's Health Clubs. I was a supervisor. I ran six clubs. I was also, at the time, a competitive bodybuilder. So when I wasn't in the gym running the gym, I was in the gym working out, which basically left me no life at all. I worked six days a week, so I had one day a week off. I remember trying to do my laundry and go grocery shopping and any way, shape, and form get anything else in during that day that I wanted to do, which was almost impossible to get your whole life done in a day. And one day I just got fed up with it. I knew it was the time. It was over. It was done. And I quit. I just quit my job. I said, I can't do this anymore. And I'd done it for 12 years. I was highly successful at it. I'm same, I was the same thing that every corporate America guy is. You just peaked in your company. You've got a position of authority and responsibility and pay. And that's when it hits you. When you stop climbing the ladder, remember, when you're climbing the ladder of success, you're looking up. All you see is the butt of the person in front of you. Everybody on that ladder is above you or below you. And everybody's struggling to get by the person in front of them to get up even higher or wait till the person in front of them dies or falls off the ladder. But one day, when you get about as high on the ladder as you believe you can get, you stop for a second and you look around. And from above, on the ladder, you look out and see the world and go, man, I should be in the world. This is unbelievable how beautiful this is, how much there is to do, how many opportunities. And you start to think, mind starts to wander. I've always wanted to do this. You fill in the blank what this is. Travel, give back. I know a guy, uh, John Boriak, who's very much into giving back religiously. So he's always doing, going out on these um, things where he goes to other countries and helps people. I don't even know the name. I can't even think of the name of Of course, I'm getting old and I lose words all the time now. But the, the bottom line is, is that he's out there giving, and that's what he needed. That was what was important to him. I got other friends that it's fishing. God, I got one friend that's all he does is fish. I've got other friends that's scuba diving. I got other friends that's travel with their wives and husbands and so forth. There's a lot of different people who have a lot of different things they want to do with their lives. And those things don't necessarily add up to making money. And that's where the disconnect is. Because when you're working and you're trying to survive financially, you can't think. Think about Maslow's Pyramid. When all you need is air, when you need air, nothing else matters. You've got to get air. When you need water, nothing else matters. You need water. When you need food, nothing else matters. You need food. It's not until you have air, water, and food you even care about social interaction. And once you have air, water, and food, then security of knowing you can provide air, water, and food forever is the next step. And that's the job. It's the security of knowing I've got a job and I can put food on the table next week, pay for the roof over my head next week. And one day you wake up and you go, even at that level where you're just barely, you know, surviving that life of quiet desperation, whether it's at the top or at the bottom of that ladder, you just turn around and look and see that the butts in front of you on the ladder, the ones above you. And remember, when, when people crap, crap always falls downhill. And when crap goes on in a company, the guys lowest on the ladder get the most of it. That's just the way the world works. And so as you think about this, there you are looking around going, 
but I see a thousand other ladders. And I see places I'd like to be and things I'd like to do and people I'd like to meet. But I can't let go of the ladder. I can't take my hands off the rung. I can't climb back down. I'll be going down. I don't know how to measure success. How do you measure success when all of a sudden all you care about is significance? You want to be something. You want to do something that's important in life. But you can't measure that in dollars and cents, can you? A lot of people think they can by starting a company and trying to say that building your own company is significance. The more money you make, the richer you are, the more significant you are. Today, we're talking about that nagging point in your life where you realize that you're living a life of quiet desperation, realizing that it's that time. I spoke in the last segment about reading a book somewhere along the way in the past about seasons of your life and how there's different seasons. What I'm talking about today is the major click that goes off in your mind when you wake up one day and realize you're not fulfilled. And there's a nagging thing in the back of your mind saying, I want to go do some other stuff. I'm trapped into what I'm doing right now. How do I get out of this? I can't. And most of you, a majority of society rationalizes that I'm too busy working to put food on the table, take the time to go grow any of my other skills, any of my other oh, attributes that, that I'd like to go expand on. And so I don't have time to go build myself a train set. I don't have time to go build myself a gym. I don't have time to even work out. I don't have time to travel. I don't have time to go scuba diving. I don't have time to go fishing. I don't have time to play enough golf to to get as good as I'd like to be. And I don't have enough time to go serve my church. I'd love to go on a mission. Well, that's the word I couldn't remember. I'd love to go on a mission and go to Africa or go to wherever in the world and help impoverished people. I'd like to go start a company that creates, you know, clean water for people in Africa, whatever it is. Whatever your mission in life is, it could be helping the inner city kids. It could just be picking up being a pastor somewhere at a poor church. All those types of missions and passion to go do and help other people can be in you right now, and you can't go out and do what you want to do. You can't give back because you're brainwashed and believing that you have to work long, hard hours. Now, you could just give everything up. You could draw to the vow of poverty. I'm going to just become a monk. I'm going to just give up working and be broke. And then I ask you, How can you give when you don't have? I've never understood this one. You know, all these people that go around and say, I'm helping people because I'm handing out food in a food line. That doesn't make any sense to me. Because the people that are impoverished right there eating at the food line, one of them could stand behind the counter and hand out the soup. So it's dumb as a rock that you think you're helping people by working in the soup line. Now, let's go to work and let's go get some money, make some money or get a charity together and create a soup line and pay for it. Say, well, I don't have time for that, Dell, because I work. Well, couldn't you work at that? Well, it's charity. It's a a nonprofit. Hmm, I see. So you couldn't do that? 
Well, it, it won't pay me anything. All right. So now we figured out that these ways don't work. Becoming impoverished and being broke doesn't help anybody. Working your job 50, 60 hours a week and then coming down and standing in the food line doesn't help anybody. You could say, well, I'm on the thing at Christmas where we, we get toys for kids, toys for tots. I mean, we've got a toys for tots program, too. I don't really look at it like I'm saving the world. People are donating toys. I'm not putting anything into that except facilitating a place for them to do it. And then we're handing out the toys. But is there any real meaning in that? What is your passion? Well, after I retired, I had income because I bought rent houses. And because I had rent houses and I had income, I had the ability, without getting up and going to work every day, because I had rental income, which was totally passive, I had the ability to go spend my time to help people. What did I do? I did small seminars out of my house about how to do what I did. That was my passionate give back. Now, it grew into a monstrous business, and it was very fulfilling for years, but even at the end, and it's not over, I still own it, but even towards the end where I decided, you know, you got to stop working all the time helping these other people because it's just become a job again. And it's a fulfilling job, but it's just a job. And so I went back into buying more real estate and more real estate and more real estate. And I started paying people to consult and mentor people. And so the company grew because couldn't grow with just me. When it's just me, it can't grow. I can't be any more than one. And now it's hundreds of people working in the company. But still, at that peak, that wasn't enough. I wanted more. And what I'm saying to you is, wherever you're at, whether you're going from being a millionaire to needing to make a change, or you're going from being broke to needing to make a change, you need to make the change. Because I retired at 34 years of age. I'm 65 right now, I think. So I've spent about half of my life retired. That was the halfway point. A lot of people, the halfway point is 50. At 50, they get fed up and quit their job. But most people, and I say most because I have a very small fraction of the world that I can help. 50,000 people sounds like a lot, but it's nothing compared to 400 million people in the United States, whether it's 350 or 400. I don't know the exact number. But it's nothing compared to that. I'm on the radio in 106 stations, I think they told me last time they told me, all over the country. So that helps and touches a lot of people. But still, even with all of that give back, I get the feeling there's more. Now, I remember when I was just working my butt off, making almost no money at all. I really felt the feeling there was more. That I could think about all this I've accomplished in my life after I decided to give up what I had accomplished. So I gave up my business success, a la, if you want to call, any work accomplishments you have as success. I gave up my accomplishments to become accomplished. I like that. It's a good little tune. I'll say it again. I gave up my work accomplishments to become accomplished as a human being. Have you ever felt that feeling? Have you ever felt that twinge? Knowing, knowing that it's time. When we come back, let's talk about how to transition. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsu Radio Show. 
from 100% live to 100% virtual. And you know, the funny thing is, is that nobody wants to go back to work now that work from home, right? So now my members are like, well, Dell, we want to keep those virtual things open because now I know all the people in Miami and I know all the people in Chicago. I know all the people now know each other from all over the country because of these virtual events. The free workshop, How to Retire in Five Years or Less, is online. Go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about that nagging point in your life where you realize it's time to change, that you're living a life of quiet desperation, doesn't matter whether you have money or not. You can have money and still be desperate for something more in your life, for your life to have some meaning. Sometimes this feeling goes on for a long time before people take action on it. Sometimes they never take action on it. But I'm pretty sure that most everybody feels it. Because once you've conquered financial success where you can put food on the table, the next feeling on Maslow's pyramid is significance. Finding significance within your life, within your group. Feeling important within a group. You can't feel important within a group when you work 60, 80 hours a week. You don't belong to anything but that group of work. And there you don't have any value because you're just another rung on the ladder. Another person in the hierarchy. All you need to do is figure out if that's important. Take a glass of water, stick your finger in it, pull the finger out, and see if there's a hole. If there's no hole, that's how significant you are. If you pull your finger around, there's a giant hole there, then wow, you're significant in this world. So where's your significance? If they pull you out, will the company go out of business? I don't think so. If they pull you out, will anybody even really care? Maybe not. But you're fearful of it. And you don't know how to get there. So now that you know and you've, you've made that decision, you woke up and go, man, I know there's something wrong. How do I fix it? So you start looking around and you see all these types of multi-level marketing programs and you find all these self-help gurus telling you to run into the wall. Tony Robbins, fire, ready, aim, just do something. Doesn't matter if you lose money, failure, you know, who's the guy that owns the Mavericks? Failure, if you're not where you want to be right now, you haven't failed enough times. Keep failing, someday you'll get something, blah, 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 blah. But you don't have the resources to fail two or three or four times. You're broke. You're starving. You destroyed your family. These guys are all talking about failing when they're 18 years old and failing to get off the bike correctly. They start companies where they have nothing invested, nothing to lose, and they don't own anything or have anything of importance in their life. They're just spitting in the wind, hope it doesn't hit them. That's not you. You've got a family. You've got responsibilities. You can't afford to be selfish enough just to leave all your responsibilities and go try something. Yet, there's a lot of people out there that tell you to do that. I read a book just the other day and talked about, you should just do it. I said, yeah, thank you, Daddy, for letting us starve. Hey, Daddy, can we please turn the electricity back on again, Daddy? Can we get the water running again, Daddy, please? Mommy, why did Daddy leave? Why did he leave you here? So you can work 60, 80 hours a week to try to support us and not be around us to take care of us? Why? Because Daddy wanted to get what he wanted. He wanted it for himself. He was selfish. No. Wow. That doesn't work. So you go through all these mental gyrations and frustrations and wonder, how? How do you do it? I, number one, am afraid you can't be numb, but I've seen people do it. Number two, I don't know how to do it. 
Well, my friends, I'm going to tell you how to do it. You start small. You build passive streams of income on the side. Buy one rent house. If you don't know how to do it, you can't figure it out, go, wow, it takes too much money. Hey, there are ways to buy rent houses with next to nothing down. Now, we don't do it every day. We used to do it every day, but now it's harder to do. But you can buy a house, go to a seminar, learn how to do it. Learn how to buy a house for very little down. Buy your first rent house. Learn how to manage it so the tenants don't tear it up. Learn how to screen your tenants. Now you've accomplished some new skills. But that house, that rent house will give you income for the rest of your life unless you sell it. You've added something to your life. Three to five hundred dollars a month for the rest of your life. That's one. And I guarantee you, when you feel that three to five hundred dollars a month come in. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just got seven checks in yesterday. I know it was on the yeah, the first. Seven checks came in. Unbelievable. Uh, so why did I what did I do? Well, I'm in contract for two more properties. So I'm nine. And I'm in no hurry. I don't have a hurry or rush, but each one of those add to my life, the quality of my life. And I'm not talking single-family homes. I'm talking large investments. But for you, that single-family home might as well be a large investment, because if you look at the amount of passive income you have in your life right now, how much money comes in the mailbox every day or every year for you now or every month? It's probably nothing. Now, if you had $500 a month coming in, that would be something. What I guarantee you is that the skill set you had to learn to be able to buy the one and how to operate the one, that skill set is duplicatable to the fact that you can go buy another one and another one and another one and another one. Now, you start small and you build to where you need to be. I was, it was very quickly I was able to replace my income. So I worked in a health club. I made $70,000 a year as a supervisor. I ran six clubs. That's all they paid me. Of course, that's 35, 40 years ago, so I don't know what that's comparable to today. $70,000 a year, but after you take out the taxes, I was in the 30% tax bracket, plus I had 7% Social Security and Medicare, so I took out 37%. That left me only $44,000 a year. You divide that by 12, and that's thirty-six seventy-five. And if you take out insurance, that makes it about $3,500 a month. That's all I was actually taking home was $3,500 a month. Well, $500 a house, see how many houses I have to have here, a little quick calculation, 3,500 divided by 500, and math says seven. Seven houses later, I had replaced my income. Seven. Isn't that bizarre? Seven houses later, you could replace your income. Hmm. It's amazing. That was my income. Your income might be higher. And with inflation the way it is today, I'm sure most people's income are higher now than what they were 30 years ago. But you have to see the difference. The cash flow now is $500 a month. My cash flow was $220 a month per house. So when you look at this situation, it was just the fact that I'd learned. I'd put in a little bit of invested, a little bit of time to learn how to do something different. That was mine, that I owned that was my success for me and my family and not for my bosses and their family and their success and their growth. And you start there. And I started with a couple houses. And I bought one. I got so excited. My, my broker came back to me and said, you want to buy any more? I said, yeah, I'll buy three more. 
He said, why three more? I said, that's the end of my cash. <laughs> it's all I had. And so I bought three more that next month. And all of a sudden, at $220 each, I had $880 a month positive cash flow. But I had bought $25,000 worth of equity in each house, so I had made $100,000 in just a month. Then after that, like I said, I'd run out of money. I looked for partners. I got myself a dentist as a partner. And he and I went out and bought 11 houses. He put up the money. I put up all the work. We split the profits. And then he and I went into fourplexes. We bought fourplexes. And then I got another lady who was single and wanted some passive income. So she put up the money. We bought four more fourplexes. So you add that up very quickly. And what are you looking at? You're looking at 11 houses plus my four. That's 15. You look at four fourplexes with her, which is 16 more. That's 31. And fourplex with him is 35. And then I had another guy come along. He said, man, this is cool. I want to do it too. And so I went out and bought five duplexes with him, which is another 10 units, which is now 65. And he got so excited about how much money we made on that, he went with me and we bought 15 more duplexes, which was another 30. So now we're at 85. And he and I were so excited about how much we made with that. We went out and bought 45 single family houses. They were townhouses, all in the same subdivision, 45 townhouses, which put us over 100 houses. Boom. There I was. No time at all. I was a small-time entrepreneur with 100 houses. Not too many people have 100 houses. A lot of people tell you do. I hear people on the radio all the time lie and say they have 100 houses. And I can guarantee you they don't. Because I know the people, and I know they're lying. But I really did. And I can prove it. So watch out for these people on the radio lying, telling you they have 100 houses, because they don't. Nobody owns 100 houses, unless he's a lunatic like me. Today we're discussing that point in your life, that nagging point in your life when you wake up and realize you're living a life of quiet desperation, and you start to look around, start looking for solutions. How can I get out of the rat race? And the first thing I think you need to understand to be able to get out of the rat race is the definition of retirement that I have, I made up, and now 50,000 people believe in. I started this mission 30 years ago to get to you guys, to help you see the light. The definition of retired is when you have as much passive income as you have with your earned income, as earned income. Now, if you wanted to quit, you could. You've now bought your life back. You now have enough income to quit without losing anything, without going backwards. Yet, you may elect not to quit. I elected to quit, but someone else and other people I know have not. They've just cut back. I had a, a couple of dentist guys that I consulted. I said, look, you've got this passive income out here. You're investing with me passively. You, you've got that, but you've got all these skills you paid to become a doctor. And, you know, you want more time for your church. You want more time for your family. I get that. Well, why don't you just figure this point out? As a dentist or as a doctor, there are things that you do 20% of what you do creates 80% of the income you earn. The other 80% can be done by somebody else. So you don't need to clean any teeth. You don't need to do any inspections. You don't need to do anything. You don't even really need to fill cavities and stuff. All that can be done by a nurse. You don't need to do that. Or get yourself a, a you know aspiring young dentist that needs to come in and do some apprenticeship or whatever you call it as a doctor where you come in and work for a while. But you do the big stuff. You do the oral surgery. You do the stuff where you pay the big bucks, maybe the crowns, whatever it is that makes the big money. And he did that, and he cut back first to four days a week, and then he cut back to three days a week. And, you know, he was making as much money working three and four days a week. This is the same phenomenon I found when I went from Bally's working from six days a week down to four. 
And by the way, there's somebody out there right now telling you that very same story that he went from six days a week to four. That guy's a liar. Have him prove it. Tell him to prove it. I can prove my stories. He's stealing my stories. I can't believe that somebody on the radio is actually stealing my stories and saying they're his. Now, this guy used to work for me. But the bottom line is he's lying. So I went from working six days a week to four days a week. And I actually became a better salesman. I made more money. I actually won sales contests because I was fresh. We worked 12 hours a day there at the health club. 12 hours a day, four days a week, 48 hours. That's still a lot of hours. But other guys were working five and six days a week at 12 hours a day. And you know what happens. A lot of the day, you're just winging it. You're just sitting there in your chair, daydreaming and hoping the day will get over with and you're tired and you just, you're not aggressive. And all that went away when I knew I had to get six days worth of work in on four days a week. Now, think about this. When you get ready to go on a trip and you know you've got a month's worth of stuff in front of you, you've got to get done, you're going to be gone for two weeks, guess what you do? You get all that stuff done within three or four days before you leave. And when you come back, you catch up anything that was you couldn't anticipate that came out of nowhere and you fix it. So you didn't need those two weeks. You didn't realize it, but you didn't need them. Well, what if you figured that out the rest of your life? That you don't need to work the hours you're working at your job right now to sustain your family. Now, throw in enough income to be able to cover it anyway, and then it doesn't even matter. Now, what you've really done is double your family's income. And remember, you're on that ladder of success, and the ladder it has got a guy in front of you, and he's farting down on your head, telling you, no, stay down, stay down, stay down. I'm going, I'm going up. You can't get by me. Now, all of a sudden, that guy's not there. Now, you're on your own ladder. There's nobody in front of you. You want to go higher? You don't think five houses is enough? Buy a six one. You don't think six enough? Buy 12. No one stop you. There's no one on top of the ladder. And by the way, ladies, there's no glass ceiling to this ladder. Minorities, there's no glass ceiling to this ladder. This ladder doesn't care what nationality you are, what race you are, what age you are. I retired at 34 years of age. You can't say that in corporate America. So it's time now for you to consider buying back your life from corporate America. It's time to let that nagging feeling that's in your gut and you know it's there, to let it come out, to start taking action towards freeing the spirit that you have, it's freeing all your talents that have never been utilized. It's time for you to become significant. It's time for you to stop doing it for other people. It's time for you to do it for yourself and your family. It's time to get out of the cubicle, off of the lawnmower, out of the ambulance, and create a life for yourself. It's time to get out of the boardroom and the stock exchange and the office. It's time to get out of all those and create some significance in your life. It's time for you to utilize the talents that you have that have never been cultivated because you had to get up and go to work. You know who you are and you know that I'm right and it's burning a hole in your stomach right now as I bring this up. You know it. You know who you are. And this, I know, shows got to be irritating as can be. Right now, you've got to be hating me to death because I'm making it clear that I see it and you don't want to admit it. But just because you don't want to admit it doesn't mean it's not there. You are fed up. You're tired. You're overworked. You're underappreciated. And it's time for a change. It's time for you to buy your life back from corporate America, to be able to do what you want, when you want, with whoever you want, and have the money to do it. 
That's what it's time for in life. And it's time for you to start doing it and taking action on it. But there's no one that can help you if you won't help yourself. If you're laying at the bottom of the ditch and somebody throws a rope down to you and you won't grab it, if you won't take the lifeline, no one can save your life. Now, from the files of Del Wamsley. The world needs worker bees. If the world doesn't have that, the world will fall apart. You can see what happened during the pandemic. They gave people an opportunity to make money without working. And then they couldn't understand why people wouldn't come back to work. See, we all think that work is essential. Work isn't essential. Money is essential. And if you could find a way to have money without working, a very high percentage of us wouldn't work. I think of myself as, an, as a pessimist. I look at everything from the negative side of things. I've been that way my whole life because I was born 200 pound fat kid with Coke bottle glasses and a flat top haircut and no friends. And so I had to go out and build a life for myself that I was happy with. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. The information and opinions you hear on the Dell Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Dell Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Dell Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.